0: Welcome to the Taylor and Jen Podcast.
1: Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Hey guys, how you doing? This is Josh Havens. Josh Havens. How are you guys doing?
2: Having a good week? It just got better because we're talking to you. Oh, good. Tonight's So you're coming to Iowa, huh? We are. I'm excited. Yeah, we're coming on
1: Saturday. It's going to be a blast. I love Iowa so much. I'm married to an Iowan girl. And uh, I have in-laws in Iowa and lots of extended family there.
2: Josh, have you ever been to our state fair?
1: I have been to the state fair. We played the state fair one year.
2: What do you think of our state fair? I thought it was awesome. Okay, that's cool. Good. I had lots of food on sticks. We had
1: uh, Iowa Chop. I remember that it was mm-hmm. really good.
2: I understand that once upon a time you were a barista.
1: I was a barista for uh, for like eight years. Yeah, that's actually how I met my wife. Because she came down from Iowa and went to a school in Dallas called Dallas Theological Seminary we were both working at the same Starbucks oh, and that's wow. uh, also how I met my bandmates we would get bored there in the in the coffee shop cuz uh, it was before Starbucks <laughs> was really popular hours that would go by in the morning where there were hardly any customers and so we would grab our guitars cuz we were both uh, worship leaders for college groups and and we would grab our guitars and start playing songs and making up songs and that's kind of how we we started making music together
2: that is A great story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And here we are still making up songs all these years later. (laughs) I
2: love it.
0: Now, when you were at Starbucks, was this, had they gotten into pumpkin spice fever yet?
1: So pumpkin spice released while I was working there. It was a huge deal. Pumpkin spice came out. They also had the gingerbread latte that was released around then. It was not a mania like it is now. Like there's people who go nuts when Pumpkin Spice comes out every year now. Two days ago.
0: Yeah. We've been doing a little bit of a, uh, just kind of an analysis on how Pumpkin Spice is just like unquestioned as the official flavor of fall.
2: Yeah, we were wondering who named it King of Fall. And we were wondering if you could choose a different candidate to run for King to knock off the incumbent of Public Spice what what candidate would you choose for a new fall flavor?
1: I mean, I always think of like apple spice, you know, mm-hmm. apple cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great fall mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. That like when I think of cider, like apple cider. There yeah. you go. That's yeah. a very fall flavor to me. There's Wait. people that love candy corn. I I can't stand candy corn to be Ooh, honest. You that's can't. A new one. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. No, <laughs> I love candy corn. I know, I'm Sorry, I've, I've <laughs> tried so hard and I want to love it because they're they're so fun looking. <laughs> But And my kids love it. My wife loves it. Every year my wife still always have a big bowl of candy corn around the house. And I want to be able to go up to it and eat it. And every time I do, I regret it.
2: (laughs) I don't like it either, Josh. I'm sorry. The ones that I really wish I could like are the candy pumpkins. Oh, those are awesome. I want to like those, but one of them, it kind of tastes like an abomination. It's like eating
0: four candy corns at once.
1: (laughs) You know, hey, you know it's another great taste of fall. And maybe this is just my, my childhood. We would go camping a lot in the fall. I like the s'mores flavor at, at fall. Who's like,
2: going to complain wh- about that? Oh, that's Graham brilliant! Factor,
1: chocolate, and marshmallow together—it's the perfect fall flavor.
0: I'm a hundred percent on that. Now, now you have stepped into a something deep here. Yeah,
2: you have inadvertently Uh-oh. stepped into a war zone. And we're going
0: to make you choose a side because yeah, Jen are. and I have argued okay. for five all years. five years that we've been doing this show together. Over the proper way to cook a marshmallow.
1: Oh, good. Okay, no, I love this. I will jump into this war. Do it. So I think the best way to cook a marshmallow, I'm a little bougie with my s'more, <laughs> so I get really great quality, like, <laughs> European chocolate, like Uh, it'll be like a French chocolate or Belgian chocolate. Okay. Then I like to get like a really good graham cracker Mm -hmm. because not all graham crackers are created equal. Okay. There's also these cookies that they have at Trader Joe's that are perfect for this too. If you really want to go for a bougie, (laughs) more. Okay. And then the marshmallow, you have to have either a good stick or... Uh, one year for Christmas, one of my relatives got us these telescoping roasting handles. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And those are perfect because you can put the marshmallows on the end of it. The telescope's really long so you can get right up to the fire but be standing far enough back that it's not you know burning. Yeah. You. But I feel like the proper way is you have to – it's the rotation. And the cool mm-hmm. thing about these telescoping handles, it has a little thing on the handle that you can actually turn and it'll rotate Dude. The, the marshmallow – and so I like to get it perfectly golden brown. I'm actually yes! kind of a, a marshmallow snob.
2: Oh, golden brown. not catch
1: it on fire. My kids, will, they like to catch it on fire and then yeah! blow it out. You just ruin the marshmallow. I'm with them. I'm, I'm with you, Josh. I'm you with are the a kids. wise man. You perfectly toast it. And then you get it to the point where it's like a, kind of a darkish golden brown. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be melted all the way through the middle. So when you put it on the cracker, it's going to melt the chocolate. It's going <laughs> to... It'll be a perfect synchronization of those flavors.
2: Taylor is conducting you right this now. is... He's conducting your conversation <laughs> Will, will with you him? come
0: to Des Moines and make me a s'more? Because yes. it, it sounds like you are an expert.
2: Let's do it. Yeah, I'll just hang out with your kids at the kids' table. <laughs> I'll be at the kids' fire. Now, it is fun. When you drop the marshmallow in the fire,
1: it kind of, like, it expands like a worm or something. Like that's always fun to watch. It's kind of grows... We went to Denmark for a festival uh, a couple years ago. Ooh, really? It was in the middle of summer, and we had been in Europe for, like, a couple-week tour. It was right around Fourth of July, and we were like, oh, we're going to make burgers, and that's not a big thing there at all. Like, that's a very American thing. And so they also had never heard of s'mores. So we were like, we are going to find <gasps> all the stuff to make s'mores and teach the Danish people how to make s'mores. So we did it. We actually found a store that had, they called them American Fluff Puffs or something like that. <laughs> And that, that was Taylor. what they called a marshmallow? And that was the marshmallow, yeah. And it had an American flag on the packaging. And we were like, score, we bought those, and we got some good chocolate and found some crackers would work. And we, we taught the Danes how to make really good s'mores.
2: And what did they think? They loved it. Of course they
1: did. So actually, did. the next year, we got some uh, pictures from them, and they they were doing it again. So <laughs> we started a new tradition.
0: I love that.
2: Well, I am so happy you told what that story legacy. because I now have a new nickname for Taylor. <laughs>
0: American, <laughs> fluff pup. American Fluff Puff. American Fluff Puff and Jen in the mornings. On Life 107.1. Wow. The <laughs> next
2: get a dog i'm yes. naming it Fluffpuff.
1: <laughs> that's our next single that we're releasing it's called uh, american fluff puff
2: oh my okay. word we should probably you so, know talk about well, something serious yeah in, in addition
0: to making me the best s'more i've ever had in my life you're coming to des moines for the, this great event yes. about you know helping young people share their faith and i was yes. curious if, if you're talking to i mean we've got a, a lot of listeners with teenagers kids going off to college And if you're wanting to talk to one of these guys, trying to get more bold in sharing their faith, like what, what would you say to them?
1: Well, I think it's something that a lot of people don't know what to do with. You know, like we believe in, in God, we want others to to know about God, but we don't know how to go about sharing that. For me, it's come down to be okay with putting yourself out there. My wife says that I'm not afraid to be embarrassed at all (laughs) anymore, and It's funny because my kids, they know this about me too. And so anywhere I go, like, I'm not afraid to get a little embarrassed, but usually it leads to like really fun experiences or interesting conversations or getting to know people as we're traveling, getting to know people that we wouldn't have gotten to know otherwise. And being willing to put yourself out there and and start conversations. And that can be scary to a lot of people because we fear rejection or saying the wrong thing. But, you know, I feel like if we have one short life and the most important thing in this life is Jesus, and that's the one thing that can change everything mm. for uh, the people around us, too. And uh, nothing has made a bigger impact in my life. There's no one in this world who would have anything change their life more than Jesus would. So there should be an urgency about that. But this event on Saturday, it is awesome. It's called Pursuit, and it's uh, put together by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, who are coming back with in early October to do a really big event at the uh, Wells Fargo Arena there. Yeah. This event this weekend is for youth and it is to uh, learn those tools. And so we're, we're going to be doing a lot of music. It's going to be so much fun. We're doing a concert, praise and worship. It's going to be a blast. The teaching there is going to be phenomenal. I always think of that for my kids like, how can I help my kids talk about their faith, be confident in their faith, know how to share their faith? It's something that I feel like doesn't come just naturally. And I want my kids to be, be comfortable in that space. Mm-hmm. And so this event this weekend, if, you know, if that's something you care about in your kids, this is a great event to, to bring your kids to.
2: I think our kids have to see that it's really personal for us, mm-hmm. that it's not just something that we put on.
1: Oh, they, they pick up on that so much. Yes,
2: they do. They know right away if it's not sincere.
1: Is it something we just talk about? Is our faith just something that we go on Sunday morning or is it integrated into every part of our lives? Kids definitely pick up on that. I mean, I picked up on that on my parents. You know, every kid comes to a point where they decide whether or not they believe what they grew up believing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want your kids to have a foundation that is strong and something that is going to stand the test of time too, and really lead them to that authentic, like it's got to become their faith. It's got to be something that they experience, you know, relationship with Jesus is something they experience and know.
2: Yeah, I remember that moment. You remember that moment? That moment when you had to decide, okay, is this what I, do I believe this because my mom and dad do oh, or do yeah. I believe this because it's true? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I rem- I can remember that moment. It was hard.
1: And I have a lot of friends who went the other way. I have mm. friends from high school who walked away from the faith at that time. In fact, I have an older sibling that walked away from the faith at that mm. time. Mm. They have since come back to Jesus and... Uh, it's that, that's a whole different story that's really awesome.
2: I was going to say, it sounds like a good one. Yeah. It is good. I'll share it real quick. Okay.
1: So my family, you know, we were Christian growing up. My parents actually got saved the day I was born. Wow. Oh, wow. So we, we, I was born in Wisconsin on a little farm, and it was a home birth. My dad milked 30 cows and built pipe organs on the farm. And a local pastor heard that my mom had gone into labor, and so he came out and prayed for, for the family. And my parents were not believers at the time. That ended up being a false labor, and so he shared the gospel with him that night. My dad gave his life to Jesus that night, and then two weeks later, I was actually born, he came back, and uh, that was the night my mom gave her life to Jesus. Wow. We were a Christian family growing up, in the church a lot. My older sister, when she graduated, she went off to to university, and she studied archaeology, ended up actually moving to Israel to be an archaeologist and studied under the top biblical archaeologist in the world, hmm. but the guy's an atheist. His name is a Professor Finkelstein. The guy does not believe in in God, believes that a lot of the stories from the Bible are basically just that, stories, mm. and they explain away everything. And so my sister rejected the faith at that time. I remember having all these debates with her mm. uh, when she would come back home, and she was like, oh, all these stories in the Bible, they're not, they're not true. It was a nomadic people that just shared these stories and they got passed down and it's just legends. And anyway, so my dad, right before he passed away mm-hmm. back in 2004, mm-hmm. he gave his Bible to my sister mm-hmm. and his Bible was, you know, was the one that he took notes and it was all marked up and highlighted. And he said, I know this doesn't mean anything to you right now, but you know, I pray that someday it will. And so my sister had it sitting on her shelf for years and years and years. And about 10 years later, her family were going through this hard season, and she started having these dreams that she said it was somebody who looked like Jesus, all dressed in white, who would say, follow me. Mm. And she had this uh, recurring dream multiple nights, and it would wake her up. One night, she called me in the middle of the night and said, hey, I'm having these dreams about Jesus. She said, well, he's saying, follow me. I was like, wow, Mm. that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you should listen, you know, and she's like, no, I, don't, I don't believe all this. She woke up again a couple nights after that, and she walked into her living room and went and saw that Bible sitting on her bookshelf, and for the first time since my dad had given her, actually opened it up, mm. and it opened up to a passage. She still remembers what that passage was, but if she opened it up, and there was a passage that my dad had highlighted and had some notes with And it spoke to exactly what she was feeling in that moment. And so Mm -hmm. she kept coming back to that Bible and scripture after scripture kept jumping out and, and speaking to her. And I got another phone call from her a couple weeks later and she said, Josh, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want you to baptize me.
2: Oh my goodness. She
1: ended up, uh, she and her family came out to Arizona where I live and we went out to the river and, uh, I got to baptize my sister, and she's been on fire for Jesus ever since.
2: That is, oh so, yeah, incredible. That's amazing. That is an incredible yeah. story. Yeah, I tell parents
1: who are struggling with a child who's you know prodigal child or who's left the faith, just encourage them to just keep praying, mm-hmm. keep praying for your kid, and trust God will bring them back. My sister was the biggest skeptic. If there was one person in the world who I would have thought, oh, she's never gonna. Mm. She's never going to turn around. You know, it would have been her. But God changed her heart. Sure, he did. None of us could have done it. But God, the Holy Spirit changed Mm. her heart. But there's hope for anyone who has a family member or friend or sibling. There's there's always hope. Jesus can bring them back. I've seen it happen again and again. So pray for them and don't give up on them. You know, we had lots of conversations through the years. And at the end of those conversations, it felt like, well, that didn't go anywhere. Mm. But it was all part of God's long
0: plan. Josh, I'm so glad we got to talk to you today. uh, (laughs) This was such a great (laughs) conversation. Thank you guys.
2: The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul.
0: You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.